0: Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Hey guys, I am currently on low power mode. Check out last week's episode to learn a little bit more about exactly what that is, but In the spirit of being in low power mode, this week is going to be a throwback episode. I want to replay an interview that I did with Rosalind Possilwaite of the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I love this conversation that I had with Rosalind about all things faith as well as therapy and going to therapy as a Christian. And this episode originally aired around about summertime of last year, but this is definitely one of our top episodes. I wanted to throw it back so that you guys can listen again or listen for the first time. Make sure that you check out the Therapy as a Christian podcast. It's available everywhere that you get your podcast and make sure that you follow Roslyn at Roslyn Renee on social media. Let's start this show. Work hard for what you want in life. You work hard for what you want in life. That, that, that your word is your bond. That you do what you say you're going to do. That your word is your bond. And you do what you say. That you treat people with dignity and respect. That you treat 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 people with respect. Reach of your dreams and your willingness to work hard. The strength of your dreams and your willingness to work for them. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. This is another installment of our Powerhouse series. I'm really excited about this series because I was telling our guests <laughs> offline that I feel like there are a lot of people who feel like you have to have the million followers, you have to have the huge platform, and I compare it to David. Like David didn't become who he was after he defeated Goliath. David became king. When Samuel went to Jesse's house and anointed him as king, he was called, his destiny was determined right then and there. And a lot of us, God has called us, he's anointed us, he's placed his hand on us, but we're kind of discrediting ourselves when he wants to qualify us. And so I wanted to have like some powerhouses that I've had the privilege of meeting come on the show to really be examples of what it means to tap into that powerhouse early on before all the accolades before all of that so rosalind i'm so happy to have you on the show welcome
1: hey girl what's up man
0: (laughs) what's up man shout out to memphis I'll tell you guys how I met Rosalind. So Rosalyn actually came through the Find Your Voice Academy. She's one of our success stories, and we'll talk about her amazing podcast. But what I love about Rosalyn is how strategic she is. And a lot of times when we're talking to people's and more specifically how strategic she is as far as spending time with God. And that's really going to be the subject of our conversation today, because a lot of people want to spend more time with God. They want to commune with him. They want to sit at his feet. But a lot of people are stuck on the how do I actually do that? You know, how do I? Make that a daily part of my life? How do I actually hear from God in order to be able to act on that? So I wanted to talk to Rosalind about this because she's really, I believe, mastered the strategy of being able to do that. So, Rosalind, tell us how did you get to the point of being that strategic? Like, was this something that you had to learn trial and error? But how did you learn how to spend time with God this effectively?
1: So this has been years, years, years in the making. So I am someone that comes from a family of people who are Christians. My mom is like relentless, literally every day, read the Bible. That's like what she will tell anybody, read the Bible, read the Bible every day. And so when I graduated from grad school, I always loved the idea of having a routine, but really when I got out of grad school, I struggled a lot with this feeling of like, how do I build a relationship with God for myself? And I think that kind of started this thing of like, okay, I got to create a routine that I can do for me. Cause when I would hear my mom was like, girl, read the Bible, read the Bible. I'm like, okay, sis, these thou and these that don't line up with your girl. Okay. So what does that look like? So I just started implementing things and not knowing that Holy Spirit was really kind of leading that effort. I'm a big person on accountability. So one of my friends and I, we would literally talk about like, okay, I'm going to wake up at five. You call me, we're going to spend time with God. And that was kind of where that ball started rolling. And then when I got the hang of just making time for God, I saw my life shift and I could understand why that routine was valuable. Then when I got off of it, I felt like something was missing. Now I will say that there were times, especially, and I didn't realize that it was becoming like a religious thing where it was like, if I didn't spend time with God, I would like beat myself up or I would think God was angry with me. And it really wasn't until like probably maybe a couple years ago that I realized that mindset was just taking away from my ability to just be in relationship with God. And so I would say the strategy just kind of came fluid because I understood that God was fluid and God wasn't boxed. And so in my relationship with God, I mean, like when I was single, and even when I got into a relationship with my now husband, we lived distant for about three years. So I would go on dates with God. I would take my Bible to a restaurant and I would get dressed up and go on a date with God, quote unquote, and would read my Bible. I would be out at a restaurant. And so my relationship with him was fluid. So I think that made me not box him in, in my time with him. And so I just kind of came up with different things that worked for me based off my mood and what happened. And from there, It just became a very refreshing relationship with God and it didn't seem boxed. I can make that kind of sound like that. So that was kind of where I grew. And from me growing with God, I just picked up different things along the way.
0: That makes a lot of sense. One thing that you mentioned was growing up in church and your mom stressing the importance of read the Bible. And we talk about this a lot, but I feel like relationship... With God and religion is just something that God is really moving a lot of his people out of religion into relationship. But for many, it's still like a concept that they can't quite get. They may not understand what the difference between religion and having a relationship with God is. So for me, it was a bit easier because I didn't grow up in a church no way. I didn't know what the right way to doing mm-hmm. anything was. So I was just doing what was working for me or what I what Holy Spirit was telling me to do. And it was a lot easier because I hadn't been in any type of rigid structural system so to speak right so for you how were you able to break out of that religion and go into relationship was it hard was it stuff that you had to kind of work through and figure out child child
1: first of all anybody struggling with religion says i'm with you okay i understand i think it's habitual. And I think it goes back to what I was saying of like, how do I build a relationship with God for myself? Because your view of God, especially if you grew up in church, has been based on people. You hear people talk about God. You hear people's perception of God. And so your individualized relationship is all wrapped in a bunch of people's opinions, to be honest with you, sis. And so I don't think it was really I knew it was religion. I think the word that I would put it as, and this really wasn't until I went to therapy that I realized it was perfectionism. And I didn't realize that based off that when me and my therapist would kind of have these discussions about when I would beat myself up, she called it not being kind to myself. It was really based in perfectionism. And so for somebody who knows like perfectionism and you deal with performance, you think I have to do this in order to be at a certain place with God or person, whatever. And you don't feel like you have any freedom in that. And so... I realized that really when I kind of went through my therapy journey and then kind of coming out of that now, I think it was more so I just had a lot of accountability. For example, the group, you know, the Find Your Voice Academy, the whole experience changed my life for real. But just in the sisterhood I gained from that, I gained a community of women who were about God that could call that out and say, like, no, sis, like, this is perfectionism. This is operating in a religious lens. And so I think To just like take perfectionism, you can't operate in that, like in a relationship with God, because you push yourself under such a standard that He doesn't push you under and it doesn't leave any room for grace. You just unconsciously operate in pride, you operate in not letting God be God, and then you end up finding yourself at a place where you blame God unintentionally for things that are happening when you're really just kind of putting yourself in a place to not be free with God. And I say be free with God in a very like way of just being you and him, having relationship with him is you and him. And I think when you don't do that, it just takes the goodness. It takes the awe and the reverence away from you just being in a relationship with the father.
0: That's really good. I'm glad you touched on perfectionism because I feel like that may be kind of a another blockage point, so to speak, that keeps people from really being able to build a relationship. And I really identify with that because when I was trying to live a life for God, I was looking at it from the little bit of religion that I had in me. (laughs) I was looking at it from this lens of what I couldn't do, like this Christian handbook, so to speak, that I had to follow and that meant relationship. And so my perfection, my inner overachievers. I've always been an overachiever my whole life. And so that's manifested. And while it's rooted in something good, you know, wanting to achieve things or wanting to reach a level of success is healthy to a certain extent. And so for me, it got unhealthy because I would then, like you say, beat myself up. If I didn't do something right, mm-hmm. if I wasn't perfect, I would just constantly beat myself up. And I was rooted in a lot of trauma too, But one thing that God has said to me that really freed me, because I would come to him like if I would do something wrong, if I would go back to something that I was walking away from, if I would find myself back in sin, because I mean, it is what it is, if I would find myself back in sin. I would use that not as an opportunity to just repent as far as turning back to God, because repentance means you're turning away from that sin and you're turning back to God. I was more so avoiding him because I was so upset with myself. So I didn't want to go and face my father because I felt like he would be mad at me. He would not want to use me anymore. Like I was so ashamed and that's condemnation and not conviction. Mm -hmm. And so I was putting that on myself. And again, I was rooted in perfectionism. This episode is brought to you by Chime. Any of you guys have bank accounts before where you feel like the money never stays there or it feels like it takes forever for any of your direct deposits to clear, especially now with these STEMIs coming out, it might seem like it's taking forever for your money to get there. But Chime is an award-winning app and debit card with no hitting fees or monthly minimums. After all, you deserve your money, so guess what? You deserve to keep it. Chime has some really amazing features such as free overdraft on up to $100 in debit purchases with SpotMe. It's like an overdraft protection, but better. And you get your paycheck, benefits, STEMI checks, and tax return up to two days earlier with direct deposit, no hidden fees, or monthly minimums, plus 38,000 fee-free ATMs with MoneyPass and Visa Plus Alliance. Turn on alerts when your card is being used and instantly block your card if something seems fishy. You can even save on autopilot. When you sign up for a Chime spending account, you can enroll in an optional savings account and grow your savings automatically with 0.50% annual percentage yield, which is 10 times the national average. Join millions on Chime. Sign up. It takes two minutes, and it doesn't affect your credit score. Apply now at chime.com/blessed. That's chime.com/blessed. Chime is a financial technology company. Banking services provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases. Limits start at $20 and may be increased up to $100 by Chime. Early direct deposit depends on the payer. Out of network cash withdrawal fees apply. Third party and cash deposit fees may apply. Go to Chime.com XXX for details. Let's get back to the show. And so, for those of you guys who are listening and can identify with that, it's so important to just be yourself before God. And so, what he said to me when I went back to him, I didn't feel right turning away from him either. So, it's kind of like <laughs> weird. It was on one end, I was scared to face him because I felt ashamed of what I had done or whatever. But on the other end, I didn't want to not go to him because I didn't want to stay in. That life, you know, I didn't want to stay in a position that wasn't pleasing to him. And so when I turned back to God, and I was like, God, I'm sorry, and I really got repentant without like that condemnation. He was like, you know, Tatum, I don't need you to be perfect. I need your heart. Mm hmm. He said, if you give me your heart, all of that other stuff is going to fall into place. Okay. And for me, I was focusing more so on the acts first. Like, let me stop this. Let me stop that. I'm gonna stop this. I'm going to go cold Turkey or whatever. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to have yes. sex. I'm not going to ever cuss again. Like I had the whole list of what I'm never going to do yeah. so that I can be the perfect Christian as in God was like, I just need your heart. And it's not saying that he was condoning any of the things that I did but it was more so he, in his wisdom, understood that if I fell in love with him, that if I had that reverence for him, if I just had that level of admiration that I do now, that I wouldn't even have to worry about being in sin because I'm so in love with my father that I don't want to disappoint him. And not in a condemnation way, but in that healthy way. The same way if like, our earthly fathers, we had a good relationship. And if we keep stay on course, then we want to make our fathers proud or our parents proud or whoever we respect in a natural proud. And that keeps us on course. It's the same way with the father. If we truly give him our heart and want to please him, it'll keep us out of a lot of the things that we find ourselves in. So after you started building that relationship, how did you sustain it? Because a lot of people had that moment where they're like, okay, bet. I'm
1: building this relationship with God. I'm doing all of these things. And then somehow, some way we trickle off. Girl, first of all, let me just say, God is a dad. So he's a dad, okay? And I think what interesting you said that to kind of go into what I, how I kind of keep that is we think that coming to God and like turning to him when we have an issue is like a thing of being scolded. But God wants to show his roots. Like he's not about not showing us the why. Like I think about Jesus when he always like taught something, like the disciples will ask a question and that man will go into a whole parable and you look up and like, oh, what? <laughs> why <are> you, here? <laughs> like you done gave me a whole sermon from one question. And I think that that's just the nature of knowing who God is. It's like, I want to teach you. I want to show you why This was an issue so that you understand and can recognize the enemy's tactics so you don't feel like you got to stumble again. And I think that's just a dad move and that's just who he is. But anyway, so I think dealing with my perception of God, and I think that's what has sustained me. When I dealt with my perception of who God was, that had a lot to do with counseling and going to therapy. But my perception of God was rooted in a lot of unforgiveness towards my earthly father. And because it was rooted in that unforgiveness, my view of God was so skewed. I only really had interactions with my earthly father when I was in trouble. And so I always looked at God as a disciplinarian. So my view, kind of what you described, is like when I did something, I would not want to come to him. I would actually ignore him. I remember there were times when I was in college, I would be like, God, I'm not going to talk to you because I had messed up. So <laughs> we ain't got nothing to talk about, okay? So Don't even try. Okay, Holy Spirit, you talking a little too much. I don't want to talk no more, okay? So... <laughs> Lord Jesus help me. But just that like perception, I didn't realize was rooted in a lot of unforgiveness towards my earthly father. And when God would kind of show that to me, it was just hurtful because I didn't realize like that view was so similar to how I looked at him. And so when I kind of really dealt with that unforgiveness and that areas in my heart, it made me look at God like, wow, you care so much about me that you're willing to show me the ugly parts of me and still be here. And I think that is what keeps me running to him. And I think what keeps me consistent in being performing is just one, like, I just put myself in remembrance a lot. Like, I think that's something I'm very big on, like, self-awareness and the things that God has done for me. I just can't even count. And so I think when I put myself in remembrance, that has a lot to do with like being in worship and just letting my heart kind of be in that space. It puts me in a place to just continue to want to know him, want to know him deeper. And then just like surrounding myself with community who push me and that kind of thing, but definitely individually remembrance to who he is, what he's done. And that pushes me to want to know him more. And then to like when I shifted my perspective, it made me realize he wanted my heart, made me want to give myself to him more because I realized I don't want to continue to feel what I felt because that's such an empty feeling. Like this peace I experienced. OK, I feel peaceful today. OK, I feel peaceful three days out of the week. I don't want to feel this all the time. What I got to do to keep feeling this, bro? And so it's like that is the driving push to seek his face. And I think that's the place where he wants us to live in constantly, but it does take you sitting before him and being like, okay, what do I got to do? If it's, Is it repentance? Is it going back and like dealing with some stuff I don't want to deal with, but you got me, so I got to do it. What do I got to do? And then from there is a lifelong process. It's never, I've arrived. It's just always continuous.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And I'm glad that you touched on he shows us to the root because a lot of the things that we're struggling with in life or in our relationship with God is they're strongholds. You know what I mean? It is what it is. They're strongholds. They're things that are manifesting in our lives. That's not even our fault. It's our grandparents or great grandparents fault, but we're dealing with it because they didn't deal with it in the spirit realm. And so it just makes me love him even more that he's not even where he's like, listen, I don't want to just give you a whooping because you did this today. Like, I really want to show you the root of what's going on so that it can stop with you. And also so that you can get that thing off of you and really start to live the life that I created for you. I think it just shows how loving of a father he is. Mm -hmm. And even for me, I realized that my overachieverness was rooted heavily in my childhood because Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that I was paid attention to in a sense unless I accomplish something. So if I had a a award ceremony, everybody's there. If I had a dance competition everybody's there but as far as the day-to-day I was kind of an adult before I needed to be Mm -hmm. and so that carried over into my relationship with God was I was trying to make it performance-based like let me be perfect and God will love me and God loves me just because Mm -hmm. you know despite Mm -hmm. what I do Mm -hmm. it just freed me from so much and counseling and therapy really helped me too to be able to deal with a lot of those things so that I could have that pure heart because a lot of our hearts are just damaged mm-hmm. and that's why we are able to build that one-on-one relationship the way that we want because it's so much stuff that we have to heal and sure. god wants to heal in us but again we are able to always identify it and he really does show us the root so for you like was it him showing you the root of things that made you go to therapy because we know the stigma as far right. as faith is concerned that you pray it away, but God created therapists as well. Like you could pray and go to therapy. So for you, is that why you went? Did you have any hesitation to go because of that stigma?
1: No. So I actually have a master's in social work and working to become a licensed therapist. I'm almost done, praise God. But my story was I struggled with depression from, I want to say, early college up until like mid, like I was 27, 26, when I actually found my therapist. Um, I had been to therapy before, but nothing like this experience. And so I struggled with depression and anxiety really bad. And I just kind of was like, I know this ain't like, I would find myself at a point where I'm like, this is just not normal. And would definitely like say, okay, God begging him, praying it away. Like, what do I need to do? What do I need to give up? Like you said, You hit the nail on the head when you like. Sometimes we just don't even have the language to verbalize what's wrong because it's under so much stuff. And so I think for me, what prompted me to go for real, for real, and like take it serious is at the point I went before in the past. I can't say I took it serious, but I just really struggled with anxiety, and I was engaged at the time, planning a wedding is stressful. But transition. What happened was when I got engaged, the flood of my childhood like came back to me, and watching my parents' relationship and how unhealthy it was just always a fear. Like, I'm going to get married and we're going to divorce. Like, that just was my thought process. And I knew that that was healthy, And so it was just very stressful in planning a wedding and trying to, like, you know, that's, like, supposed to be the happiest time of your life, child. Listen, okay? Anybody who tell you planning a wedding, girl, it's childish stressful, okay? Just understand. But... I was like, I just want to not feel this way. And so I ended up calling the counselor and that was all she wrote. Like she was just amazing. But I think I did not realize when I started counseling, I thought I'm just going to deal with, Hey, I'm getting married. I need to just kind of get this way and thank you, ma'am. I appreciate you, but it ended up being a two-year stretch. And what was uncovered was just nothing I never knew. And so I always tell people, like, you can't just go to counseling and go once a week and, like, say you're going and that's it. Like, it's work. It's just like if you go to church, hear a sermon, and you leave on Sunday and you don't do anything, you don't pick up your Bible again. Like, that's not like, getting something. You have to do the work. And so I think what I did more than anything was that was how I fell in love with fasting. Like, I fasted so much when I was in counseling because I was like, I'm going to be relentless in this process. And so I sought God hard during that season, because I was like, show me myself. Like, I need you to show me who I am, because I can't continue to be a depressed Christian. Like, that's literally what I would tell him. Like, I know I'm not the only one that's depressed. I can't be God. And so I know I'm not the only one that struggles in my relationship with you. I know I'm not the only one that's like, has daddy issues. I need you to show me me. And from that, he showed me a lot of root issues. He uncovered so much of me in that process because I had a space to verbalize what I was feeling. And so because I was able to then verbalize, I was able to put words and language to my emotions and actually my thoughts and feelings, which gave me the empowerment to be able to know how to fight the enemy, but also be able to know where these roots came from, not tack them on as Oh, this is the reason. Yeah, this is part of the reason, but really there's just sin in the world. Because sin is in the world, people aren't taught. And because of that, we come from a lot of broken families. And that's really the nature of it. It's not to blame game. It's not a blame game. It's not to blame my dad for what he did. It's really like understanding sin's in the world. He didn't have all the tools he needed to be you know, probably the best father, but that's what it is, what it is. And so from that to just not go on a tangent, he just began to show me myself. And that was very girl, child. And so it just made me see him differently, but it's also made me seek after him because it's like, if you can show me this, it's like, what else do you have to show me?
0: Yeah, that's so good. And that's why it's also important to find a therapist or a counselor, whatever you choose to do, who has the same faith as you. Factually. Because... A lot of people in that industry will have you all into like, um, I don't Stop know. Runs, they may have
1: tarot cards, new yeah. stuff, sage, none of that stuff works. This Like none of it's first of all, it's deception. Like, let me just say what it is. It's deception. And it's not, that's not of God. So sorry to interrupt
0: exactly. you, them. <laughs> oh, You good. You good. No, exactly. And they'll have you doing that. So now you're inviting in more spirits into an already crowded place. Yeah. You try and get rid of the ones you got and yeah. you add more in because you're seeking worldly things and things that, like you said, are deceiving as opposed to seeking God. And I think that was really helpful for me when I went to therapy is that we pray before She was influenced by the Holy Spirit. So the things she would say, we ain't even got there yet as far as my talking is concerned. And she would say things and I'd be like, oh, she okay, so she really do know the Lord or she'll see things in me and try to help develop those things. Or, you know, it was just a great experience to where it wasn't just me seeking this individual for their services and kind of just listening to what they think or what they have to say, Mm -hmm. but it's more so me having this session to where now the holy spirit is involved and now he's speaking to me through this person or he's using this person's skills and anointing that they have to help me maneuver through the stuff that I'm working on and so again for you guys that's listening if you're considering therapy please make sure that you have somebody who has the same values as you somebody who's holy spirit led that's what I look for I don't really care if you got a christian on your door do you have the Holy Spirit? Because if not, you ain't got no power. You could call yourself whatever you want to call yourself, but I want to know if you have power Mm -hmm. because that's the only way this is going to work. And so for you, again, if you guys that's listening, just make sure that you choose somebody who does have that power and go to different people if you need to or whatever. But I'm not even going to give my two cents. I'm going to ask Roslyn, (laughs) how do people go about finding the right therapist Mm -hmm. that is on that same page as far as their beliefs are concerned
1: yeah and i didn't tell you this before sis. my bad but i do have a whole help me find a therapist webinar and i'll send you the link tatum if you wanted to link to basically i just walk you through like how to find a counselor but definitely the biggest thing is that there's a couple websites that you can utilize but i will say you know, utilize your insurance. You can do out-of-pocket pay. There are a couple of websites. There's Open Path Collective, which is a website that you can utilize that you can pay between 30 to $60 a session if you don't have insurance or you want to just pay out-of-pocket. That's what I utilize. That's what I found my therapist through. It's openpathcollective.org. And then Psychology Today is the main powerhouse for all Therapist, any licensed professional. You can filter it based off your insurance. You can filter it based off faith. There's a section that says religion. You can click Christian and you can filter all the therapists in your area based on their faith. And then, you know, look up based off of what. Area you live in. I definitely say read profiles. You get to see their picture. You get to see what they specialize in, all that kind of stuff. But I really definitely recommend people. When you go to your therapist to interview them, it's just as much as the service you're receiving that they're receiving. You're paying them. And I'm a wholehearted believer in if we don't get jiggy on the first one or two times and like I'm really putting this out there that I really need help and I'm not feeling it, then you can have the right. To switch, you have the right to ask those questions. Do you have Holy Spirit? There are therapists that put in their profile those things. And I definitely think you have to always operate in discernment. And again, too, this is not a process that you're doing by yourself. So ask God, like, ask Holy Spirit to lead you to the right person. And know and trust that he will. Like, it's not a thing where God's trying to just have us out here, but you do have to operate in discernment. And if there's something that you don't believe is lining up, then definitely switch. Like, don't feel bad about that. It's not, you're hurting their feelings. Like, sis, this is your healing. Like, that's how I always approach it. Like, this is more about you getting what you need than the therapist's feelings. So Switch if you need to, and then be ready for the process. Like you have to approach it ready to know that you're there to get help and be serious about it. Not just say you're going just to be going, but go consistently. Don't miss sessions. Don't cancel appointments if you know you not feeling it today. Like they're going to be day. There were so many days I went to counseling site that I literally was like, I don't want to go back to this place because you're literally opening wounds. However, those wounds are necessary for your growth. And I think that's the place that you have to be in and being ready for that so that you can go through it with God. And that's what I always tell people, like, go through this process with God. You're not just there with the counselor. You're there with the father. And so filing a Holy Spirit-led therapist definitely is about, I think, allowing Holy Spirit to lead you, prayer, and also asking them that. Those are the questions you need to ask. Do you lead these sessions with Holy Spirit? I want my faith to be brought into this. Is that an option that you have? And then there are people who I know who have been to therapists that aren't Christian and have gotten stuff, but I'm more of a person that leads with the lens of having somebody that's Holy Spirit-led in counseling is very important. It's just very important to me, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. So then going back to being a powerhouse, one of the things that I've realized with a lot of powerhouses I meet, because God has given me a really cool gift. I call it cool because it is (laughs) like a cool gift to be able to just see people. And what I mean by that is like not the exterior, not whatever, but to just see straight through the hearts of people, even if it's buried in brokenness and foolishness or whatever, it's kind of cool, the gift to be able to just see how great somebody is at the core and and how much of a powerhouse that they are, even when they don't even recognize it. And there are a lot of people who God connects me to through that. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Mental health is so, so important, especially with everything that's going on in the world, getting used to this new normal, and then going to have to, of course, transition into something else as the world changes. It can be very mentally taxing. To us as individuals. And so our mental health is just so important that we really take control of it right now and we really take an active approach on making sure that we're mentally well. Counseling is here for you. BetterHelp is the world's largest e counseling platform. So for me, with my busy schedule, it's sometimes really hard to research and make appointments with in person counselors. So I need something that's very, very convenient and something that will easily integrate. Into my lifestyle. And I find myself sometimes, honestly, not even going to counseling at all because it's not typically offered at that level of convenience that I need. But with BetterHelp, they will connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It is super convenient, you guys. You can now get help on your own time and at your own pace. Also, BetterHelp is available worldwide. So no matter where you are on the globe, BetterHelp is available for you. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Anything that you share is totally confidential. And on top of all of that, you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. So if you need to talk to somebody ASAP, BetterHelp will get you with someone in under 24 hours. And best of all, it's truly an affordable option. And on top of it being affordable already, Blessed and busted Up listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code BLESSED. So why not get started today, you guys? Go to betterhelp.com slash blessed. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and you get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash blessed. Let's get back to the show. One thing that I've realized when it comes to powerhouses is the main thing that the enemy tries to attack early on is their identity and their perception of themselves. Because if he can make you feel like you're not a powerhouse, you won't walk in the full authority that God has yeah. giving you. So for you, as you're building this relationship with God and you're going into like you're creating a podcast, you're going into this mental health field and bringing Christianity to it where, you know, it's still a stigma. It's a lot of progress being made, but the stigma still there. Mm-hmm. Have you ever doubted your identity or your voice as a powerhouse? And if so, like, how have you navigated that?
1: Sis, yes, I have doubted. <laughs> Factual. And let me tell y'all something about Tatum. She's so about your success that she can be like, uh, we're not going to be on that. Nah, we moving on. <laughs> but girl, yes, I have doubted there was a time even during my podcast, I've told God, like, is this even relevant? Like, I know I'm talking about faith and therapy, but is this relevant to people? Like, and you know, you get on a microphone, you're basically talking to yourself. Yeah. You may talk to Mm -hmm. people as numbers. You don't hear what you're saying is impactful. So yes, I have doubted that, especially because I had no context. It was just me and God just had given my testimony. Like, I just wanted people to know, like, hey, you can be a Christian and go to counseling. And now I'm like, listen, deal with y'all stuff. Because that's how we're going to walk in purpose. And we have to go make God's kingdom great. Like, come on, y'all. We can't stay in the same place no more. And so that's, <laughs> I think over time, it got easier because I think, One of the things I always say is my purpose is to be God's daughter and everything that flows from that is what he takes me to. Like, if that means my calling is to be a podcaster, if that means my calling is to be a counselor, if that means my calling is to be a friend, my ultimate purpose is to be his daughter and please him and that's it. And so everything that flows from that comes. And so I think when I realize like that's my purpose, I seek that. And that everything that flows from that is what keeps me going. So as far as being a powerhouse, yes, I have doubted that, girl. I have even thought, like, people listen to me, girl. Like, for what, Lord? What I (laughs) got (laughs) to say? And you will doubt yourself, but I think you have to know, like, your identity in God is so solid. But I think you got to know it and you got to want to seek it. And so it takes time, it takes faith, it takes obedience. I think obedience just gains momentum. And obedience builds your confidence. Like it builds you to know like, hey, we did this and that's what happened. Okay, what else we got to do? Like, what's up? What we got to do? I think you say that all the time, like, God, what's up? What, what else we need to do? <laughs> and so- like my identity and God is just knowing like he's my father. He's going to take care of me. My purpose is to be his child. And from there, everything flows. So I try not to, as far as being a powerhouse, attach like things to my purpose, but attach me being God's daughter. And from that, whatever he calls me to, I'm going to do. And that's kind of the way I flow from what I do.
0: That's good. So how do you then navigate? Because I believe another thing aside from identity is comparison. Because I know for me and my waiting season was about two years. And I was like, yo, God, I'm doing everything that you tell me to do. Why are the people who don't care about you doing better? I couldn't rationalize that. I'm mm-hmm. a pretty logical person. So it will frustrate me because I couldn't rationalize that. And I spent a lot of time in comparison feeling like I was doing a lot of things in vain and I wasn't getting anywhere, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And comparison really just stole a lot of the joy that should come along with the process, yeah. you know? And for me, I mean, I had to like unfollow a bunch of folk on mm-hmm. social media. Like I had to do whatever I had to do to protect myself so that my decision-making wasn't based in that comparison but it was based in what god called me to do Mm -hmm. but it was it's a real thing and Mm -hmm. it's a real thing that a lot of people battle you know what i mean or you feel like because you see maybe somebody else's success and let's say you're obeying God and you're not seeing those results right now. You feel like somehow you need to go to somebody else who's going to help you get there as opposed to putting your all in God. Yeah. And so I wanted to talk to you about comparison and feeling like you have to go to an expert and not the Holy Spirit. And we talked about this mm-hmm. before. I was even going to use it as an example on one podcast. Mm-hmm. And I texted you. was <laughs> like, is it okay if I talk about this? I'm not going to say your name or whatever. And you were like, yeah. But then I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to interview her. So I'm just going to yes. ask her then. So can you talk about that in just that moment? I think it was a really powerful moment that you had where you were just in that place where you decided to go elsewhere for what Holy Spirit was doing.
1: Yes. Okay. So I'll give background. Let me just address the comparison part first. So I think comparison for me, I don't think I had the viewpoint of God, people that aren't serving you are doing successful. I'm like, God, why ain't got what they got? Like, I straight up was like, hold up, bruh. I want that. I want that, that right there, Lord. And what God showed me was you need contentment. It was pride and contentment. Like, I struggled with complaining. Like, I could be out of this job. Like, that was my biggest thing, sis. I could be out of this job doing what I got to do for God full time. But it's like, God was showing me, are you stewarding what I'm giving you right now, Well are you going to work on time? Are you giving your all into this space? Are you handling what you need to handle? And what it showed me was contentment. Like, are you happy with just the little I give you? That when I give you more, are you going to squander that too? And so that was the lens where I kind of realized that I compared everybody else's success to what I wanted because I thought that equated happiness or I thought that equated doing God's work or I thought that created doing whatever I thought it needed to be. And what God kind of showed me was that, you know, your purpose, again, being his daughter and whatever comes from that, if that means I got you in this job for three years, are you okay with that? Because y'all listen to me. And I know Tatum understand, harvest is work. Like, don't get it twisted, sis, okay? When God brings the harvest best belief, he's like, okay, let's do this. And you're going to be looking like, where all this come from, bro? What you mean? Okay. Uh, and so harvest is work. Harvest is work. And he walks you through it. But steward, steward, steward what you have in front of you well. Steward your finances well. Steward your time well. Steward all of those things well. And so I think we compare with the lack of knowledge of knowing how much work it takes. And we don't realize, like, God doesn't bless us to for us to squander or lose the blessing, he blesses us to sustain it. He blesses us so that we can walk in it and do it well with the aspect of representing him. And so please believe whatever season you're in is not for the purpose of punishment. I think it's just a thing of contentment and really eradicating pride in your heart. But going back to the question of like grab and hold on to other things, So I've naturally always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I've known that really kind of like my whole young adult life. My parents were entrepreneurs. They were multimillionaires when I was growing up, but they lost everything. And so my view of success was rooted in trauma. But I've always been naturally very strategic and smart when it comes to like how things are put together. And I've noticed that, especially more recently in having a podcast and just kind of like how that's growing and guys kind of like giving new ideas and areas. But I've always been like, what do I need to learn to make this go by fast? Like, what do I need to learn quickly to get past this season? Kind of like what you're describing, Tatum. And so I think... I went through a situation where you know I've always been like very curious of like knowing, okay, how does business work, how does things operate? how do businesses go like what do you need to have like how does operations, how does sales marketing so on, and so forth? So I feel like I have a good view of some of those things, but I'm not fully an entrepreneur to say like, Oh my gosh, I'm doing this, and so programs you know people have programs, people have all these classes and so on and so forth, and I've noticed, especially more since I've been seeking God over the last couple of years, just how deceptive some of those things are in the sense that, you know, I wasn't relying on Holy Spirit. Like, Holy Spirit would show me things to do and I would do them. And then I see a person like make a whole program out of it. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, you showed me this. And I basically don't bought a program for something like you didn't already show me. And here I am, not trusting that I'm just kind of like, oh, I could have did that myself kind of thing. And and doing that in myself saying like, you know, Holy Spirit is leading all of these efforts that anything that I'm doing. And so there was a recent situation where there was a program that of someone I followed that is very successful and I highly respect in business, but I bought a program that was like expensive out of just like, Honestly, if I can give a very spiritual way of saying it, like it was just pleasing to the eye. am like, this is everything I have said I wanted put together in a package. She's going to teach it to me and I could learn it. And literally, thank God for accountability. I watched a webinar, bought the program and immediately felt convicted. And I was like, what's this heaviness I feel? Like, Lord, this ain't you. Like. Well, I mean, I know this is you, guys because I'm feeling convicted. Like, this isn't condemnation. This feels like conviction. And I felt sorrowful, like I did something wrong. And what God showed me was, you put somebody else in my place, and you want to learn something very fast, and none of that's going to work for you. And I didn't understand it at the time, because I was just like, I feel so heavy. And long story short, and God is so faithful, even in our disobedience, like, I just, I can't even describe it, but long story short, I ended up realizing like I put somebody else in his place. I'm not throwing shade to programs or anything of that nature, but when you are at a different place and God is like, literally God has been showing me, you know, you're not going to do business like everybody else. You don't need that. You just need me. And when he showed that to me, I was kind of like, okay, cool, but this is over here and I need this. And he's like, no. And in my disobedience and buying that program, I really think it just was a place of putting somebody else in his place, putting somebody's program of something in his place, instead of just honestly being obedient with him saying, seek me. Like there are a lot of people out here that do amazing work and amazing programs and we should make investments, but I think we need to be mindful and ask God first. And from that he long story short, I ended up getting a full refund, thank God because people don't do that for you. And I just felt I had to repent. Like I had to really put God back in his place and tell him like, I'm sorry for putting, you know, what I think is best in front of you trying to rush a season that have cost me, you know, years or whatever it would have cost me. Out of just simply this is desiring to the eye, like Eve, if she saw the fruit and thought it was desirable to the eye or saw the tree was desirable to the eye. And it ended up costing us, you know what I'm saying? And so I think we don't realize in our decisions, when you are a powerhouse, you walk a tightrope. Like I do believe that you have a certain responsibility To the kingdom, and I think that that's something we have to take seriously. And so every decision counts, every act of obedience counts. And I don't want no blood or no smoke with him. Like I I just, mm -mm. that's the kind of sorrow I never want to feel again. And so it has taught me more so patience in this process to not put other people or other things above him.
0: That's so good. I'm I'm glad you told that story because it's so real. You know, a lot of us, like you said, I, I didn't want to rush the season i didn't want to rush the process and i think for us i do want to emphasize it's not that you don't invest in things but you seek god first on what you should yeah. be investing in. one thing i love 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 about like anchor media is that not only am i seeking god about who should be in the room like i'm this might, might be my program but we don't take everybody mm-hmm. and so I want the people who come to be seeking God as well. Is this the room that I need to be in? And so because I've seen what has happened way beyond podcasting at every event to the point where you guys from the November group are all still together right now, cultivating spiritual gifts, praying, fasting, of course, supporting each other's shows, but just building each other up as women and sisters, building up your spiritual life. is so beautiful. And that wouldn't have been able to continue. And that was like y'all came in November. I don't. It's yeah, um my April right now. I don't know when this show coming out, but <laughs> it's April right now, and you guys are still together, growing. Like that's just so beautiful to me. And I believe that that type of environment wouldn't be created if I wasn't seeking God, and if you guys weren't seeking God. As far as if you should invest in that, mm-hmm. and even thinking for me, like you were saying powerhouses have to walk a tight rope. And I'm very, very cautious of that. Like one of the things that I've always done in business up until this point that I love is like masterminding. I love getting together with smart people and talking about business and putting our minds together and helping each other's companies. It's fun. It's a good time. You always get great ideas. Like it's lit. I've done it a lot and I enjoy it. But now I can't do that. Mm -hmm. None of us have the mind (laughs) to figure out how to do for this company what God is doing. I don't have the mind to figure out what to do with this company or how to take it to the next level. That's a God thing. Because I've reached my capacity of what Tatum can conjure up. Girl. So God has been speaking to me and what he's been showing me as far as like where I'm going in business and influence and all of these things. He has to tell me how to get there. I'm at the level where I can't purchase anything. I can't have a mastermind. I can't have a coach right now because it's a very delicate spiritual season. It's a delicate transitional season for me that nobody else can have their hand in. It has to be God. I think it's important. That's why relationship is so important because you have to identify what season that you're in so you know how to maneuver it. Girl, yes. And I did a, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you good. Go ahead. I was saying I did a, a interview recently for Mogul Millennial and one of the things I'm glad that they highlighted is for me, my process is I ask God what season I'm in and then I determine what I do after that. Yep. Because only he knows, I'm not going to tell God. Okay, God, this is my season to reap what I've (laughs) sown. Who am I? I don't know that. So, so if God says this is your season to rest, well, then now I have to adjust what I may have wanted to do so that I can rest. God is showing me this is a season after I finish resting, and you know, get acclimated to my new normal and our family. It's a season of transition, and He's taking me places that I can't even figure out, like every time he shows me something, I'm like, bro, what? (laughs) So because of that, like nobody can have their hand in it. It has to just be me and God, but I'm able to make those type of wise decisions because of my relationship with him. And I might get to a season after that to where I do need some people that he's placed in the earth, some powerhouses that he's anointed to teach me some things. But That's not the season that I'm in right now. And so again, you guys, this is why it's so important for you to focus on, like Rosalind said, being God's daughter, because all other things are going to be added to you once you seek him. And so, Rosalind, before we leave, I do want you to talk about the system that you have when it comes to spending time with God. Because yes. I want people to have something practical that they could start doing today so they could focus on being God's daughter.
1: Yeah. So just a personal strategy. Like, I just love structure. Like, I'm a very big person on structure. And so I basically tell people, you need to have a couple of things going into your time with God. You need to have a five study Bible. So, Go ahead and just get the life application Bible. I use the John MacArthur study Bible, but you need a study Bible that has a good translation. You need worship music. You need a journal and or a devotional or book. Like you can use a devotional, and I'm very big on not relying heavily on devotionals because you can get a lot out of them. But really, we should be at the place of studying the Word and or books, and then approach your time with God and meeting God at the same place. Like. If that's your table, if that's a room, if that's a closet, if that's whatever, have this place be sacred. I know Tatum talks about that all the time, just like having a sacred space, make sure the place is clean, you know, keep it nice and nice for our father. OK, you know what I'm saying? Don't walk in there stinky. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but just go into your time with God, like in the same space and definitely start that time in worship. So I always say like my system is you can get a solid 30 minutes to an hour with God and basically worship five to 10 minutes, journal five to seven minutes and read and pray 15 to 30. Worship, journal, read and prayer. And literally, you can have solid time with the Father. I always say journal out your feelings beforehand. If you're someone that gets distracted, put your phone in another place. If you're a to-do list person, have a spot in your journal where you can write your to-do list. So like if you're in the middle of prayer and you randomly start thinking of something, just write that out and keep praying. But we have to get to a point where it's like this becomes the norm. You cannot do anything without the Father. And so having time with him is a necessity. So worship, journal, reading, and prayer. Reading and prayer should be the bulk of your time. But even if worship is the bulk of your time, that's fine too. But have solid time with him where you can get at least 30 minutes in every single day. That doesn't require a lot of you. We spend 30 minutes scrolling our phones. And so that should not be an excuse as to why you can't spend time with the Father. And so... Like I said, just worship, journal, read, and prayer. That's like the biggest thing I can say. And then have just time blocks for each of those things.
0: Yes, listen, I spend more than 30 minutes playing Candy Crush. So (laughs) (laughs) you are (laughs) missed. <laughs> I'll be sitting there playing my little game, living my best life. I could definitely give God thirty minutes. <laughs> you a <bad> <laughs> So before you leave, like, tell us about, of course, your podcast, yes. your monthly Bible studies, your time with God challenges, yes. all of the amazing yes. things that oh, going on.
1: Child, I feel like I got fifty million things. So one, therapy is a Christian podcast, which is. A top 100 podcast thanks to Anchored Media, period, ow, ow, ow. Period, 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 pow, pow, pow. Therapy is a Christian podcast. Um, I post podcasts every Sunday. I talk about my experience of mental health and counseling with God. I also do, I can't say I do a bi-monthly because I always kind of switch it up, but bi-monthly or monthly, I do a time with God challenge where I literally teach you this system on how to spend time with God. So I'll give all the information to Tatum and I also teach you how to study the Bible. So I break down every little thing that I've learned on how to study the Bible from how to look up words, how to look up Greek words, how to study concepts, everything, everything. And then I do a monthly virtual Bible study. I love to teach y'all. That's like become my favorite thing. I love to love to teach. And so I do a virtual Bible study with my email list. My email list is the only people that get the virtual Bible study. So you have to sign up for my email list in order to get that information. And... I have a therapy reflection journal. Girl, I just have so many things. So yeah, therapy reflection journal, if you're in counseling, it's a journal for those that are actually in counseling. You take notes during your sessions and then you do reflection afterwards. So that is what else I have. I think that's the title.
0: Yep, and I'll post the links to everything in the show notes, you guys. So you can go and indulge in all things Roslyn and all the amazing things that she's doing. So Roslyn, thank you so much for being on the show. It was awesome to have thank you. Thank
1: you, sis. I love you. <laughs> I
0: love you too. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I will talk to you next week.
1: Introducing Peacock, the new free streaming service from NBC Universal. It's hit movies, current shows, live sports, trending bits, and timeless hits. And that's why you can't not watch. Peacock. Watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Law and Order SVU
0: streaming now.